I'm just going to give you a thought from Psalms 116 and, um, and uh, really just more of a testimony, I guess. It's okay for a preacher to test. In fact, I believe that's what part you study Apostle Paul about every time he preached, he testified and told about what the Lord had done for him. And so maybe that's all it'll be tonight. But if not, uh, if there's more than that, so be it. If not, I just want to honor the Lord. And I'm just going to read one verse tonight in Psalms 116 and verse number one. You can remain standing. I mean, remain seated. Psalms 116, you remain seated. But I've got nervous thinking about that man in my truck that night. I went home and I told my dad about that, and he said, "Son." And 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 the street I was on, he said that he, he, he I mean, I, I ever ever ounce of drugs that come from that street in Gainesville, Georgia. He said, "You," I said. He said, "What?" He said, "What?" He, I said, "I don't know what he did. I just left." And uh, I don't know where if that guy ever made it home or not, but that's between him and the Lord. I did my part. I give him the gospel. I did my part, but. Amen. I didn't, I didn't tell him I'd give him a ride home. I just told him I'd give him a ride where he's going. But Psalms 116 and verse number 1. In fact, I'm just going to read the first statement. It says, I love the Lord. And that's what I want to preach on tonight, just simply, I love the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we do love you tonight because you first loved us. I thank you, Lord, for, Lord, the goodness that you've showed to me in my life. And, Lord, I do pray tonight that you might revive me, and, Lord, you might revive those that are here tonight. Lord, I pray that we get hungry, Lord, and thirsty for those former days, Lord, where our hearts were on fire. Lord, we, every time we come to church, we was excited and couldn't wait to hear the preaching and the singing. And, Lord, we was witnessing and work, burdened for souls. And I just pray, Lord, that you would start that with me. And, Lord, I pray tonight, if there's one lost tonight, I pray they'd realize that you love them more than they could ever love themselves. And, Lord, that you would take them cords of love and wrap them around their heart and draw them, Lord, to yourself tonight. We love you, Lord. We pray you'd be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to preach tonight on I love the Lord. I know that's simple, um, but I just want the Lord, I want to say I love him tonight. I love the Lord. The Lord's done for me things that I never could have done for myself. And not only has the Lord done things for me, but the Lord's done things for my children and my family that I could never do for them in a million years. And I thank the Lord for it tonight. In this psalm, what we have here basically uh, is a, a poem or a, or a song written from a man about his love for the Lord. What we have in Psalms 116 uh, really is the psalmist's statement of faith. He's declaring what he believes and why he loves the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to know tonight that it should not be a secret to anyone that we love the Lord. People, we should not have to tell people we love the Lord. They should be able to see it. They should be able to understand. And by the way, if you know the Lord, you'll love the Lord. To know him is to love him. You can't help it. If you know him, have you ever met people like that that you just get around them? And I mean, you get around them for five, ten minutes and, and you just love them. I mean, you just love them. You just love. I, I thought about, we was talking in prayer band about uh, the tornado and some things we're, we're praying about, but um, the, with the men and. And, I, and I, I thought about that we went down there to Casey. I don't remember that little fellow's name. I don't even, but, but there's this little fellow down there. And, and me and him, I mean, we just, it, it was like I'd known him my whole life. But, but you know tonight, if you know the Lord, you love the Lord. And, and so uh, here in, in these, these verses, he gives 
reasons and, and some, and some uh, explanation, if you would, about why he loves the Lord. Now, quickly, I want you to look down at, in verse 5. He says, gracious is the Lord and righteous, <coughs> yea, our God is merciful. He said, gracious is the Lord. I believe if we had this man here tonight and, and who wrote this psalm, uh, that he would tell you, first of all, that he loved the Lord because of his grace that is so precious. God's grace. I love the Lord for his wonderful grace. His grace is precious. And tonight, did you know that if it wasn't for God's grace, none of us would be saved tonight. But I love him because he gave me something I did not deserve. What what he is saying here is he loved the Lord because the Lord had loved him even though he did not deserve to be loved. He said his grace. He said, I I love him because of his grace. They sing that song the ladies do about God's amazing grace still amazes me. I've been saved now uh, over 24 years and I still don't understand why. God would want to save me. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't feel like I feel like I deserve it less now than I did then. But yet he still let me anyway, and he still saved me. God's grace. Look in verse 1. He said, I love the Lord because he hath heard my cry. He said, the first thing he said, he's listened to me. He's listened to me. <laughs> uh, listen tonight. I'm glad that God has got an open ear uh, whenever I speak to him. He wants to hear. Uh, what we have to say. He said, he's listened to me. Verse 3 and 4, the sorrows of death compassed me and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. I believe he'd say, his, when he's speaking about his grace, he'd say not only has he listened to me, uh, but he'd say something about how he has lifted me. He said, I, he said, sorrow encompassed me. Death surrounded me. Pain. Uh, he said, got a hold upon me. He said, and oh, listen, uh, before you and I were saved, uh, the pains of hell uh, had a grip upon our heart. Uh, there was a death grip upon our life. Uh, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And, but I'm glad tonight that because of God's grace, uh, he lifted us up out of that horrible pit, out of that miry clay. Uh, listen, he said, I love the Lord uh, because he lifted me. He's made us to be able to walk uh, in a place we don't deserve to be. Amen. Uh, he's allowed us uh, to be named among his kindred. Uh, amen. Uh, we're named his son. And, we're the, and Jesus has claimed as his brethren. Amen. And I say tonight that I love the Lord because he lifted me. He reached way down for me. Way down. He reached way down and lifted me up. He lifted me and I love him because of that. He would have been justified just in leaving me and letting me die in my sin, but he lifted me out. He said he delivered us. Then verse 5, gracious is the Lord. And righteous, yea, our God is merciful. The Lord here, he gives three descriptions of himself, or he, he, he declares three trademarks, if you would, of the person of God. He said, the Lord, gracious is the Lord. Righteous is the Lord, and merciful is our God. 
Listen, not only does he love him, not only has he lifted us and he's listened to us, but he's loved us. He's loved us. I thank the Lord for that tonight. You know, the Bible says in 1 John 4 and verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. The first Bible verse most of us ever learned when we was children was John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm glad God loves the world, don't you? And, and by the way, there's some say, well, that word world just means the elect. I don't believe that for one second. I believe, you know what I believe world means? I believe it means the world. Amen. Uh, amen. All the children in the world. Amen. Jesus loves the little children all the little children of the world i believe tonight there's not one person breathing on the face of this earth that god does not love he said god loves the world over there in ephesians 5 he says he loved the church he said husbands ephesians 5 25 husbands love your wives even as christ loved the church and gave himself for it you might not love church you may hate church tonight but i want you to know something jesus loves church amen he loved the church and i'm glad he did. Oh, but not only that, Galatians 2.20, he said, I'm crucified. Paul, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ lived in me in the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm glad he loved the world. I'm glad he loved church, but I'm really glad he loves me. He said he loves me. He's, he's using these three words to summarize God's dealings with him in his life. Gracious righteous and merciful. He's loved me. Verse 6 and 7, I'm hurrying. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul. The Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. So, so not only has he loved me and lifted me and listened to me, but then in verse 6 through 7, he talks about how the Lord, how he's loaded me. He's loaded me down bountifully. He, bountifully. God doesn't give sparingly. You understand? He gives abundantly. Then kids were singing, God can do anything. And I don't even know if they understand or, or I don't know. I, I really don't. But I know what they're saying is true. Now, the, the Bible says he can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ever ask. And right here he said he's dealt bountifully with me uh, listen that word bountifully it means to treat a person well uh, it means to uh, it's, it's implying uh, if someone imagine if, if you needed somewhere to stay uh, and someone allows you to stay in their home and they give you a bed and they give you a place to rest and they give you a change of clothes uh, and a place to uh, bathe and to clean up uh, but then on top of that uh, you went in your room uh, and there was a thousand dollars on the dress, and they said, "Here, this is for you." And then, as you were changing clothes, uh, they brought in a steak and, uh, amen. <laughs> I mean, a, a, a nice big steak. And then, when you got done eating, they brought in a cheesecake. And then, uh, after that, uh, they come in and they said, "Here, uh, we've decided to give you our car, uh, and you can have this car and go wherever you want." And not only did we do that, uh, but we've reserved you a hotel in the next town. Uh, not the wing field. We're putting you in the Hampton Inn. Amen. And so what I'm saying is that means those people have dealt bountifully with you. And that's exactly what God has done. That's why I love the Lord. Because he's blessed me beyond and above anything I could ever imagine. He's loaded us. 
Verse 9, I'm, I'm trying to hurry. Or verse 8, except return and the rest, O my soul. For Lord, for thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, my feet from falling. I'll walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. I love the Lord tonight despite the bad things that have happened to me in my life. I said it this morning, no bad thing can happen to us. God can take the bad things that have happened to us and make it a good thing that's happened for us. And, 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 and what he's saying here, he said, I believe, therefore I spoke, and I was greatly afflicted. He was afflicted because of what he believed and because of what he said. This is prophetic. This is almost messianic. The reason Jesus was afflicted and hated and despised, bruised and afflicted, was because of what he believed and because of what he said. But he said, I still love the Lord. Even though I've been afflicted, even though I've been mistreated, I still love the Lord despite what people have done and what people have said. I still love the Lord despite the heartache and the heartbreak. I still love the Lord despite sleepless nights and, and tear-stained pillows and broken hearts and heavy burdens and lonesome valleys and dark and dark uh, uh, dark nights and honey, hot, fiery trials. He said, I still love the Lord despite it all. There's too much belly aching goes on by badness and church. Yeah. We whine too much, and I'm not trying to minimize your problems. Don't feel that way. You can always, I, I hope you feel you can always talk to me, and, 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 and I'll pray for you, and I, and I have compassion for you. But let's be honest tonight. We should say more about our love for him than more than we do about the afflictions we've had in our life. I think Miss Christie said that song, Through It All, because through it all, through it all, he's been good. Through it all, he's been faithful. Through it all, he's been, he's been gracious to us. So he, he, uh, he loved the Lord because of his grace. That was precious. But then look quickly in verse 12. He says this, I love the Lord not because of his grace. That's precious. But he, he, he loved the Lord because there was some growth in his life that was personal. Now, I'll just say this, and we'll, I'll read these verses just a second, but I'm nowhere near in my life where I, where, I, where I ought to be, and I'm nowhere near in my life where I want to be. But I can say tonight that the Lord has helped me to grow since the night I got saved. I, I, I can remember we didn't, you know, when I was a boy, number one, the Super Bowl uh, it didn't start till a little bit later on, like 6.30-ish, I think, because we was Eastern Standard Time. And church started at 6. Actually, it started at 7 back then. And uh, we, we'd get, I'd get to watch like the first five minutes. By the time we got home, it was 9, 9.30. We had, our bedtime was 9 o'clock. I got an extension for the Super Bowl, 10 o'clock. And I can remember a little boy going to church, and I, and I was sitting there thinking, who's winning? I mean, that's all, and some of y'all think that right now. Some of you are watching on your phone. You act like you're listening, but I won't call any name. But but I but but I can remember thinking, this is so silly. There is a football game going on right now. Why do we have? You know what I'm saying? Just immature and just I, I was lost as a child. But 
But you know, I thank the Lord for the growth. He says this, and and, and tonight, if you're saved and you've been saved, you've seen growth in your life. If you're not growing in your walk with God, there's only a couple of reasons. Number one, it could be your diet. You're not eating the right things. You're not on the right diet. If a child does not grow, then it could be diet. It could be disease. You understand? A a child that gets sick, it'll stunt their growth. And if you're not growing, there might be sin in your life that's hitting your growth. But, But tonight, if you look at where you were the night the Lord saved you, if you look at the issues you had and the problems you had, and then you look to where you are now, you have to lift your hand and say, I love the Lord for what he's done. I love the Lord for how he's changed my life. He talks about growth in verse 12. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? You see growth in the fact that he was conscious of his blessings. And, and, And he was wanting to render unto the Lord. You understand? That's growth. As you grow, the more you grow and the more. I want to ask you something. Did Jesus beg or ask for anything while he was on earth? Well, kind of. You're close. Let me answer the question. <laughs> Everything he ever borrowed, he gave back, and he gave back, gave it back better than we received it. Now, if you ever loaned somebody a tool, you know what I'm talking about? A, a, you know, a, a piece of equipment or a, a chainsaw, or and they didn't bring it back the way it was when they got it. Oh, I, it wasn't running when I got it. That thing's been running ever since. But, but, but he's wanting to. So what I'm saying is, Jesus, he was always, he was always trying to help others. He was always trying to render unto others. He was trying. And so what I'm saying is, this is evidence of the workings of God in this person's life. He is wanting to do something for the Lord. He's wanting to do something to give something to the Lord because of all that the Lord has done for him. He's at a loss for words. He's saying, what could I do for what all he's done for me? (laughs) Think about that. He's saying, Lord, Lord, you've dealt bountifully with me. You, you've benefited me in ways I can't. What can I do for you in, 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 in return? I believe that's growth. When you get saved and you grow in your walk with God, it becomes less and less about what can the Lord give to me and do for me. And, and, and it becomes more and more about what can I give the Lord and what can I do for him. There's growth. Conscious of blessings. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Not only was he conscious of blessings, but he was confident in God's power. He said, I'll take the cup of salvation. I'll take the cup of salvation and I'll call upon the name of the Lord. This cup of salvation was a token. This is a token of expression of thanksgiving for his salvation, for his redemption. Uh, Listen, he, he is confident in God's power. What he's saying here is if I have the cup of salvation, then there's nothing I can't ask for that he can't do. If he could save me, then there's nothing more I can ask for that is any greater than the fact that he saved me. As we grow, we become more confident in God's power. But verse 14, he says this, I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. I'll pay my vows unto the Lord. Now, here's more evidence of growth. He was committed to God's work. He said, I'm going to pay my vows The promises I've made, I'm going to keep. Let me say this tonight. If God, and he has, kept every promise he's ever made to me, should I not 
should I not do my best to keep the few that I've made to him? You know, in our world, oath and promise means nothing anymore. I've got a dog out here. He's, he's okay, but he ain't going to make the, he's miss, he ain't, he is not Bulldog Baptist kennel material. Let's just say that. He'll tree coons, but he just ain't, he don't just sit there and just throttle like, oh, anyway, so I've sold him like eight times this week. I've had eight different people from, I mean, and they're all supposed to be Christian. They talk first thing, oh, I'm a Christian, you know, but, um, and eight of them. Now, look here, I promise you there's one thing. There's a lot of things about me, but there, here's one thing you know. I keep my word. This is what they told me. Now, if I tell you he's bought, he's bought. That's happened eight times. Eight times. I'm about ready to send him to Coon Dog Paradise. I really am, just to forget about it. But, but eight times. And, they, and they'll, these coon owners, man, you got to watch them. They're, I mean, most of them. There's a few exceptions. But I had one call me on Friday from Anderson, South Carolina. He said, I got a dog hauler coming. He'll be there Monday. He said, he's bought. Just, he just take him off. Don't, don't advertise him more. We want him. And he said, we're going to buy him. He's bought. He said, I've, he said, I've done a lot of things wrong in my life. But I tell you one thing I ain't never done. I ain't never going back on my word. Well, he, guess what? He picked his one time. To, I called him. I said, well, I guess you done messed up for the first time. Another man. Anyway, it's just been. But what I'm saying is people now, this oaths don't mean men stand and women stand in front of the church, in front of God and everybody else and say, I'll, I'll, I'll be yours or you'll be mine. I'll take care of you. You'll, and, and they go out and eat, don't even dry on their license and they divorce. Word keeping is it, it's a, it's a forgotten thing. But here, if God, God has not just kept some promises, he's kept every promise. He, he said that he'd supply all our needs. And what has he done? He supplied all of our needs. Amen. He said that he'd give us peace in our heart. He's given us peace in our heart. He said, he said that he'd protect us and he's protected us. He said he would answer our prayers and he's answered our prayers. He said that, that he would be here for us on good days and on bad days and guess what he's done he's been here for us so I'm trying to say tonight is we should want to pay our vows that we've made to the Lord he's committed to that now, now verse 16 I'm done oh Lord truly I'm thy servant I'm the servant and the son of thy handmaid Thou hast loosed my bonds. I'll offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I'll pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of the old Jerusalem. Praise ye the Lord. So he said, I love the Lord because his grace is precious. God's grace is precious. Take everything I have, but don't take God's grace. You understand? If God withheld grace, we'd all be in hell. Not only do I thank the Lord, I love the Lord, but I love the Lord because of growth that I've seen in my life that's personal. 
God has helped me. I'm, I, y'all, I mean, I, there's evidence tonight that I'm still not where I need to be. You understand? I'm still trying to get a hold of some things, and I lose grip, and I snap sometimes. And, and, and but, but it's okay. Sometimes there's some snapping needs to be done. I'll just be honest. But, but not only that, but he said, uh, we see in verse 16 that his gratitude that was proclaimed. He said, I will pay the Lord. Not just he said, not only am I going to pay my vows, but I'm going to do it in the presence of God's people. He said, I'm going to offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. He said, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, he said, praise ye the Lord. He said, I love the Lord and I'm going to go to God's house and I'm going to let everybody know that I love the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to let everybody know that what he's done for me. I'm going to let everybody know how much he means to me. I'm going to do it in the presence of God and in the presence of God's people. Now, I'm going to just say one thing and we're done. Verse 16, there's a lot right here, but I just want you to get this. He said, oh, Lord, truly I'm thy servant. I'm thy servant and the son of thy handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. Now, that seems almost like a contradiction. And by the way, there are no contradictions in your King James Bible. There's been a controversy this week. There's some preachers that used to stand for the King James have come out and they're, they had a, listen to this. Y'all ain't going to believe this. They had a conference, brother, a Bible called, if you ain't got a Bible, how can you have a Bible conference is what I want to know. And the theme of it was tra- a transitioning, how to transition translations. We're, I call them trans preachers. That's what they are. They're transition. Yeah. Bunch of trans. But. I'm not transitioning. We're not transitioning. And they've come out and said, well, you know, you can use the ESB and NAKV. And maybe that's what y'all, if, if, if don't let me know. Because I've not changed my mind on the Word of God. I believe the Bible. This Bible right here. What good was it for God to give His Word if God ain't preserved His Word? I mean, that ends the discussion. There, there, if God, God said that not one, not one job and not one tittle would pass away till all was fulfilled. I want to ask you something. Has everything been fulfilled in this book? His word, his forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Anyway, I believe, in the, I believe just in case you was wondering, we're not transitioning. Okay? No transition. But anyway, I thought that was funny. But anyway. He said, I'm thy servant, but thou hast loosed my bonds. So it's almost like he's, he's talking on both sides of his mouth. You've loosed my bonds, but I'm a servant. I'm a servant, you've loosed my bonds. So which one was it? Was he a servant? Here's what he's saying. When we got saved, we didn't stop being servants. We just changed masters. Before we were saved, we served a cruel master. We were of our father, the devil. The yoke of sin we carried, and we were slaves to sin. We are the servants of sin. That's what Jesus said. Whosoever committed sin is a servant to sin. And that's exactly where we were. And what he said, he said, you lose me. What he's saying is, he, he said, you set me free from that master. You set me free from that bondage. You set me free. But now, uh, now I'm your servant. You understand? And, and this new servant, this new master we got, he's a good master. He's a kind master. And we should praise God and thank God that we've got a new master and that we're able to serve him with our lives. Serving the Lord Jesus Christ is the highest, holiest, 
and most noble endeavor any of us will ever do in our life. It's, that's it. It's the pinnacle of life. It's the zenith. It's the apex. Amen. It's the top. I'm looking at Brother Justin for approval. It's the, are we there right now? Okay. Brother Justin, I need to stop when I get there. Said kind of sometimes I try, but oh no, it's just hey, hey, no, I appreciate it. Hey, it's good. It's constructive criticism. I need it. That's what I got you for. That's why you're here. I'm just poking the bear. Um we should be grateful for that tonight. That we are allowed to be the servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Paul, and I'm done. It ain't even, I mean, it's like almost 10 till 7. I don't know what we're going to do. But anyway, the Apostle Paul had an education. If he was in modern times, I don't know, if he was living in modern times, the education he had would be the equivalent of today, three PhDs. That's how educated he was. So, and not only that, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He sat, he was, he, was, he was on the sand. He was being trained to sit on the most powerful ruling body among all Jews, the Sanhedrin court. Touching the law, he said, I was blameless. I'm talking about Paul the apostle. And the Lord saved him, called him, filled him, and anointed him in such a way, used him to write half the New Testament. Used him to take the gospel to the Gentiles. That should make you, and I don't know, we, I don't think there's any Mordecai's or Elder Shams or anything in here. We should all thank the Lord that he took the gospel to the Gentiles. And, and Brother Larry, he took it into places it would never been. He established churches. He, no more New Testament Christian had more, had equal influence as he's had. I'm talking about he, in my opinion, was the greatest there's ever was. But here's what Paul said about calling himself. This is what he said. Paul, the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all I want to be. It's just be the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you love the Lord tonight. If you don't, you need to check up. Ask yourself why. And if you do love the Lord tonight, when we leave here, we should want others to know and show them that love.